Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you are tuning in. This episode is from our fifth annual women's conference, and we'll be hearing from Devin Lee, a pastor's wife from Freedom Church in Ackworth, Georgia. Devin will be sharing how God can use us in our weaknesses. Isn't that comforting? We pray that you will be inspired and encouraged today. Take a listen. Uh, So she came to me and was like, hey, you should speak at my women's event. And I was like, hey, um, you have no idea who you're talking to because I'm going through chaos right now in my life. Um, But needless to say, just like that song said, we are chosen, right? God picks us at the time where we're least where we bring the least amount to the table, he asks us to do stuff. So that's what I'm gonna share with you about tonight. I'm so excited to be here. Your first lady is amazing. Let's give her a hand. She is awesome. She has been a godsend to me in the past few months, um, just speaking encouragement, sending me Bible verses, just cheering me on from afar. So thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here tonight. Um, And I have my girls from Freedom over here supporting me, so I'm so excited. Um, So anyways, like I said, when she asked me to speak, I was like, God, why are you coming to me in this moment asking me to do this? Because many of you think like pastor's wives are supposed to be on the stage and we love being up here. Well, that's not me. (laughs) When God called me to be a pastor's wife, I was like, you're crazy. I am not cut out for this. I am not the uh, by the book pastor's wife that plays the piano and sings on the stage. I want to be behind the scenes, hidden as much as I can. And so when I um, said yes to Jen, it was just because God said, you will do it. So this is God ordained and I'm so excited to be here with you tonight. I'm gonna be talking to you about a guy named Gideon that I resonate with big time because he was hiding. And um, so I'm excited, but before we jump into that, I gotta tell you a funny girl story because it's a room full of ladies and I can't let this opportunity pass without telling you this funny story. So probably about 10 years ago now, me and my sister-in-law went on a girl's day. We got our nails done, our toes done, and our hair, we got a fresh blowout, we just, We did it all, and it was for her birthday, and we were going to dinner that night, and we were laid back in the chairs. We were getting our nails done. Our nails were done, but they were working on our toes, and I'm always the worst at that because they're like scrubbing the bottom of your feet, and I'm like dying in the chair. Like, this is awful. Hurry up. So we get to the part where it's, you know, time to almost be gone, and the salon manager walks up, and she's like, would you ladies like eyelash extensions today? And I'm like, yes, we would. And I'm picturing in my mind, like, I'm gonna look like a Kardashian when I walk out of here. Like, I'm gonna be so hot. My husband's not gonna be able to keep his hands off of me. It's gonna be amazing. Well, so we get the, get the process started. We got one eye done, still working on my toes. And this eye is closed and they're working on it, but it starts to burn. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's just, irritating my eye. I don't think much about it. Well, apparently the girl that was doing my toes was getting really irritated with me because I was clenching my toes because it hurt so bad. So at this point I asked the lady, I'm like, is this supposed to burn? Like my eye really hurts. And I'm not thinking about the fact that I can't open this eye. So like, I'm just got my eye closed. They're doing it. And this eye is open. So the salon manager walks over and she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, it burns. Like it hurts. And she looks over at me and has a magazine in her hand and starts beating this woman who is doing 
my eyebrows. I mean, hitting her. And she starts screaming at her in another language and throws her out of the salon. Meanwhile, I've got a hot towel on my eye and I'm like, I'm gonna be blind. <laughs> All because I wanted to look like a Kardashian. And so I had to tell you all that funny story. My eye, you can see, it's not glued shut, and I don't have on fake eyelashes. I will never do that again. That was the most terrifying thing ever. Came out of there with this eye looked really good, and this eye was like, no lashes, no natural lashes, no fake lashes. It was terrible. It was terrible. All that to say, I had no idea I even wanted lashes. I just wanted to be pretty, and don't we as women, we're so hard on ourselves. We've got to look good and eat right and be a good mom or be a good leader or be a good wife or be a good pastor's wife and measure up to what everything has. We, we need to look good. We need to act good. And we like, we're just hard on ourselves, right? We're just, we want to do like, we want to do all the right stuff, but it just feels like there's all this pressure on us to be like, there's, we feel like there's this pressure to be a certain way. And um, so the reason I resonate with the story about Gideon is because he felt like that. God's coming to him, telling him all this great stuff about him, and Gideon's like, uh, that's not me, God. So on your tables, you're gonna see these little mirrors. They're in a little bag. You're gonna have to take a second. It'll take you a minute to get them out of the bags. When you get them out, they're gonna have like a little plastic film on them, so you have to like pull that film off, and then there's a little marker that y'all are gonna have to kind of share at the table and just kind of keep it with you, and we're gonna talk about it throughout the night. When we look at ourselves in the mirror, what do we see? You know, what is it you see when you look in the mirror? Has everybody got theirs? Look at all the, it looks like disco balls in here. So cute. Okay, so when you look in the mirror, right, we see something. There's either a positive feeling, like, oh, I look good today, I'm having a good hair day, or Maybe we look at ourselves in the mirror and think, man, like something negative, like what has God called me to do? We feel negative about ourselves sometimes. Look at y'all all looking at yourself. You're like, my lipstick's messed up. I got spinach in my teeth. I got them. All right, so here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna write something on this mirror. It doesn't have to be negative. I put something negative on mine because it's a lie I tell myself. I wrote not enough. This is a lie I've told myself since I was tiny in, in school. That was the lie, not smart enough, not good enough, you're not gonna measure up. That was my lie. Usually every person has a lie they tell themselves. You don't have to write that on the mirror, you don't have to do it right now, but I want you to be thinking about that tonight as we talk. What do you see when you look in the mirror? What is it that you think about yourself? Not what we know to be true in the Bible. I want you to just think about that word that you say to yourself. All right, so we're gonna talk about Gideon tonight and kind of where he was and how I can relate to him because he, he, did, he did not have it all together. In fact, he was hiding in a place he shouldn't have even been hiding. He was hiding in a wine press and the whole reason he was hiding in the wine press is because he was scared that the Midianites were gonna come and steal his harvest. And he's like, uh-uh. God, you've already taken too much away from my family, too much away from my people. They're not taking my harvest away. So he's hiding in a wine press, and then the Lord comes to him and starts to talk to him. Here's what he says. 
Gideon 6.12 says, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, what is happening? And first of all, wouldn't you be so scared if something said that to you? <laughs> and then verse 13, it says, Gideon said, with me? If God is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Like, God, why is all the crap hitting the fan? Like, if you're with us, then why has all this happened to my family? He says, um, if God is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where is the miracle wonders our parents and grandparents told us about? The fact is, God has nothing to do with us. He has turned us over to Midian. And so Gideon's like telling God, like, I know what you're saying, like, I'm a mighty warrior, but like, and you're gonna be with me and go with me to like save Israel, but it's not me, God, you got the wrong guy. And uh, so Gideon's in this wine press and he's working. He's probably covered in dust, covered in wheat. He's in a, you're supposed to do that outside. You're supposed to like thresh the wheat outside so that the stuff blows away. He's in the middle of a wine cellar doing this and God comes to him in this doesn't tend, God tend to do that? He comes to us in like the most ordinary moments. It's not when we have our candle lit and our Bible out and it's like perfect for Instagram photos. Like, look at what God showed me today. No, it's like when you're doing laundry or you're driving down the car and you've just yelled at somebody on the side of the road. Like he comes to us in everyday tasks. So Gideon's like questioning God. He's like, me? Like, I'm not a mighty warrior, God. Do you not see where I am? Like he's reminding God, do you not see my behavior? Like, I'm hiding, and you're telling me I'm a mighty warrior? I don't think so. And I tend to do that. I hide from God. And I tend to hide when I feel insecure or afraid or, like, my not enough parts start, like, surfacing. Like, I did not want to do this. Tonight, I mean, God asked me to do it, so I did it. But, like, this isn't my thing. I do, like, the decorating on tables. That's what I'm good at, but I don't need God for that. Have you ever thought about the stuff that God asks you to do? If it's something that's out of your comfort zone, it, for me, if it's in my wheelhouse and I'm good at it, it's in my sweet, sweet spot, I don't really say, God, help me to decorate this table good. But when I have to be up here on a stage and I feel so like insecure and not enough, I'm like, God, you have got to speak or I'm going to die. Like, that's how it feels for me. And I know people are like, oh, it's so funny, you're so scared. It's like, no, I really am terrified. Like, no one believes me that I'm so scared. So Gideon's going back and forth with God. He's arguing, and he's like, you know, Lord, I want you to be with me. I, I want to trust you, but you've not proven yourself to me. Like, my grandparents and my parents tell me all this wonderful things you did, but I'm not seeing it. Like, I feel like we're going to die. And so... One thing I love about Gideon is he goes back and forth with God and he's not being disrespectful. I think God honors the fact that Gideon was like, okay, well, I'm trying to understand you, God, so can you give me proof that you're gonna be with me? Can you give me proof that you're gonna go before me and be with me? And Gideon's like, you know, just arguing. And one thing I love about God is like, in his eyes, like, our behavior does not determine our identity. Like Gideon was hiding, that was his behavior. I'm scared or fearful, that's my behavior, but that's not my identity. That's not who I am in Jesus. That's not what he sees when he sees me. He doesn't see a scared girl. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus' blood that covers me. So he's like, you're perfect. You're, you're chosen. 
Just like that song said, you're chosen. So um, one thing I love too about Gideon is he's like, you know, I argue with God about what I think the plan should be. Does anybody else do that in the room? Like, God, if you could just do it like this, like, what about if I just sent a video to Jen and I could just like be sitting in a living room, like really cute with a coffee cup and like, I could just talk like that to the ladies and then I could like edit out wasn't, what wasn't like polished and pretty. And God's like, I don't need your polished. I don't need your perfect, polished, fake self. I need the real you. I want to do the, I want to mess with the weak stuff in you because that's when I look strong. He wants to take us when we're in our areas of lack. That's what he specializes in. When we can't do it on our own, he's like, hold on, watch what I'm gonna do. Just do it and watch what I'm gonna do. I love this, this analogy. I thought of this the other day. My kids, when they were little, um, we didn't do allowance, not for any reason other than we had no money. <laughs> so if you were in our house, you had to do stuff because you were in our house. That was just us. It was not anything wrong if you do allowance for your kids. We just didn't do it because their money wasn't there. But... Anytime I ever had change, or what my kids would call coins, mommy, can we have your coins? It was when we would carry cash everywhere with us. So they wanted the coins that were left over. And they would collect them, and we would go to Dollar Tree if they saved $5 or whatever. Um, But I remember this one time with my middle daughter, London. We went to get Christmas gifts, and she had this specific necklace that she wanted for her daddy. She was specific where she wanted it from. She wanted to go to Buckle in the mall because she knew he loved that store and she wanted to get him this necklace. And I can still remember, it had a bullet on it. And she was like, he wants that bullet necklace. I know he does. And she had $5 set aside for his gift and we walked in and I thought, she is not gonna have enough money. But I was gonna just let her experience the process. She goes over, sees the price tag and she counts all of her little coins out. She's in the middle of the floor counting out her coins. She was looked up with me the saddest face and she said, I don't have enough money. I can't buy anything in this store. I mean, she was heartbroken because she wasn't gonna be able to get her daddy that gift. And I, what she didn't realize is that everything I had was hers. She had access to everything because she was my baby. She had everything that I had in my pocketbook. My resources were her resources. But she wasn't thinking about that. She was thinking about what she had in her little change purse. She didn't have enough, but I did. And that's what God's saying. When we're in the place of like weakness, we don't like weakness, right? Because it makes us feel like, for me, it's kind of a pride thing. They say insecurity is like disguised, but it's really pride. And for me, I'm kind of prideful. Like, I don't want to look like an idiot. I don't want to say it wrong. I don't want my voice to crack. God, help me to say it the right way so that it's communicated well. Well, really, it's pride for me. You know, it's like, I don't wanna look bad. Um, for her, she just needed to know that what she, everything I had was hers. And God wants us to know that too. All that he has to give us, if he lives inside of us, we have full access to it too. It says in, um, it says in Psalms 138.3, it says, when I called to you, Lord, you answered me. You made me bold brave and determined. I love that verse because it speaks to who God sees when he sees us. He wants us to be great. He's not trying to like 
you need to look weak or I won't bless you. No, he wants us to be great. He just wants to do it through us. He wants to be a part of that. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly in that weakness. Isn't it true that like when we're like the weakest we could be, I've just come through a season, y'all, of like, I told Jen this last time, I feel like I was, I feel like I was gonna die. Our family was being attacked from every side. My kids were being attacked. We were being attacked. Our marriage, everything I felt to be certain was rocked. And I was like, God, we have done everything you ask us to do. We have had good behavior. Lord, do you not see us here dying? Like we are gonna die and God's just sitting there going, you're fine. Like I'm right here with you. He never promised that we wouldn't face troubles, right? He just said, I'll be with you. He didn't say it wouldn't be hard or scary or we were not gonna feel like we were gonna die. He just said, I'll be with you. So Gideon's trying to talk God out of it. He said, God, how can I save Israel? My, my clan is the weakest and I am the least in my family. How many people have felt like that? You were the least person that God would choose. I know for me, I'm like, I'm the least. Why are you choosing me? Y'all, I barely, barely passed my GED. Barely. I mean, I think I had to retake that thing three times and I'm going, that's where that not enough lie comes from. God, I'm not smart enough. What are you doing? Why are you calling me to do this? And Gideon was like that. He was like trying to talk God out of it. Like, why are you doing this, Lord? And God just answered him back and said, I'm gonna be with you. Go and take on the Midianites and I'm gonna be with you. The enemy always tries to talk us out of what God's calling us to do with fear, anxiety, whatever we'll, whatever we'll listen to, right? Because he knows like what the lie is we believe. And so that's what he targets. Um, but like I said earlier, God doesn't need our finished product or our polished self. He wants the weak part. That's when he does his best work is when we're weak. Weakness is not a liability for God. It's what actually makes us effective. That's when he steps in and does something great. <clears throat> He's able to touch every part of me. Every insecurity, every fear, every circumstance. He's able to do that because he's bigger than me. I used to tell my kids that when they were little. Just when you get scared and you feel fearful, say, God is bigger. I can remember hearing them in their room going, God is bigger. God is bigger. But he is. He's bigger than all the stuff that we feel like, like I told Jen, like that I feel like I'm gonna die from. I feel like I'm gonna crumble underneath it. He's able to touch every part of that and make us what we need to be. Joshua 1.9 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. When we choose to see what God sees, that's when our purpose comes into play. So I'm gonna read a few phrases to y'all before I walk off the stage and I really want y'all to think about these phrases. 
I want you to claim one of them or claim a different one. So if you wrote something negative on your mirror, um, I want you to think about a phrase that would really resonate with your life. Everybody has something. For me, it's, I'm not my biggest mistake. That's mine. That's what I tell myself. God doesn't see my mistake when he sees me. He doesn't see me as a mistake. He didn't appoint me accidentally. He didn't choose me accidentally. He specifically spoke to me that he called me. He has chosen me for this time. So here's these, here's these phrases. I want y'all to be thinking about this tonight and write it on your mirror. Erase that bad term and write something good. It says, I am worthy. I am called. I am chosen. I am loved. I am forgiven. I am accepted. I am, comp- I am confident. This is mine. I say this a lot. I am more than my mistakes. Even when I'm weak, I am a warrior. I'm a warrior because he said I am, not because of anything I bring to the table. There's nothing I bring to the table that is enough. It's gonna lack and mess up every time when I bring stuff of my own self-effort. But when I choose to believe what he says about me, that's when he steps in and does something great. I love you ladies. I've been praying for you all week. I'm gonna pray to close this out and we're gonna get to hear another amazing speaker. She went and introduced herself to me before the message and she was so precious and loving and kind. I was so nervous to speak before her and she just extended such grace and honor to me. So I cannot wait to hear from her tonight. It's gonna be amazing. But I wanna pray for you before we close out. Jesus, I thank you for each woman in this room. I thank you for what you're gonna do in this place tonight. I thank you for how you're gonna speak in ways and tell us who we are in you. Help us to believe it, to take hold of it, and to never be the same. I thank you for what you're gonna do moving forward, and I just bless your name for all you're doing in this place. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening. We really hope you found an application for your life and even considered what affirmations you'll be holding on to. For me, it's a reminder that when I'm feeling weak, I'm strong because the Holy Spirit lives in me. We hope you will continue listening to messages from our beloved friend, Rhonda Chapman. If you love this episode, please share with a friend. For more information on future women's events at Greystone Church, you can check out our website at greystonechurch.com. We hope you have an awesome day.